Welcome into the Galloway Podcast, episode 36 on this Tuesday, February 18th, 2020. Hope you're having a wonderful day, wonderful night, whenever you're listening, wherever you're listening. Spotify, SoundCloud, or Apple Podcast. I hope you enjoy this podcast because we've got a lot going on. We're going to talk all about what's going on in the world of sports. We're talking to Mountain Brook head coach Bucky McMillan on his recent success in making his seventh uh, Final Four in eight years at the state's highest classification within Alabama. And we're going to wrap up, as we always do, going around the world of Alabama athletics, and I'll update you on what is going on here in Tuscaloosa. So once again, I'm your host, William Galloway. You can follow me on Twitter at WM underscore Galloway, where you see a lot of this content, and now we're putting it into words with the podcast. So let's get rolling. The What's New segment. What's new here on the Galloway podcast? The NBA All-Star Game took place just a couple days ago on Sunday night. Team LeBron versus Team Giannis. Team LeBron got the dub in what was an incredible, an incredible game, I would say. Because of the new format, the teams played really hard, and they played good defense especially at the end that was fun to watch i hope you guys enjoyed that as much as i did i mean that was some it was playoff basketball at the all-star game which you've just never seen you never see the guys play that hard and trying to reach that 157 mark in the fourth quarter the guys were all over the place uh the referees were not great but it's all-star weekend so if you're going to complain about officiating in the all-star game i suggest you find a new hobby but in the end, it was a successful product that was put on. Um, Kawhi was the Kia Kobe Bryant MVP of the All-Star Game. He had 30 points and went 8 of 14 from the three-point line. What else is new in the world of sports? Alabama football, the NFL Draft Combine, is coming up February 27th through March the 2nd. Jedrick Wills, Xavier McKinney, Henry Ruggs, Anthony Jennings, Jerry Judy, Trayvon Diggs, Shaheem Carter, Terrell Lewis, Tua Tungavailoa, and Raekwon Davis all received invitations to the Combine, which, like I said, will take place here in a couple days on February 27th through March 2nd. Also, here in Tuscaloosa, news as of today, Charlie Strong will join Nick Saban's staff and he will be a defensive analyst the former usf and texas coach brings a wealth of knowledge to the crimson tide football program and will be a big asset on the defensive side of the ball so all you bama football fans out there that were not pleased with the product uh in the game against lsu and the game against auburn fear not charlie strong is bringing his knowledge to tuscaloosa that is news as of this tuesday so big pickup there for the crimson tide Uh, Something we haven't discussed on the Galloway podcast before, a little NASCAR racing. Denny Hamlin won the Daytona 500 uh, on Monday due to the the weather conditions, and it was his second in a row, but it wasn't the big storyline. The big story was Ryan Newman very late in the race there, that, that crash, very scary crash want to uh, extend prayers towards Ryan Newman. That was a serious, serious situation. And if you saw the end of the race or if you saw the clip, you know the magnitude and severity of that crash. So that was down in Daytona at the Daytona 500 just a couple days ago. Also, Deontay Wilder versus Tyson Fury is this weekend. Round two between Wilder and Fury. Really excited. Hope uh, Tuscaloosa native Deontay Wilder gets the knockout there. We'll be rooting hard for Deontay Wilder. Elsewhere in the world of sports, we're going to stay within the state of Alabama and talk about high school hoops. Next week, February 24th through the 29th at the BJCC, the AHSAA state championships will take place. Now, I want to say this. If you're a basketball fan in the state of Alabama, you need to be there. 
Why? Because there's tremendous talent that will be on hand, and it is the future in a lot of senses of basketball in this state. In terms, you've got guys that are going to be playing at Auburn and, and guys down the road that will probably be playing at Alabama, and this event is put on. It has a it's literally the final four for all seven classifications, but it's put on like a final four event as it's played in legacy arena at the BJCC. You should be sure to check it out. I mean, there's live streaming radio. There's, you know, it's a 15,000 seat arena. Um, and some games get as high as, as five, 6,000 people in attendance and the lower bowl gets full. You know, I've, I've seen as many as 9,000 people, you know, at, at one game down there. It's incredible if you're a basketball fan in the state of Alabama. Highly, highly encourage you to be at the state championships next week in Birmingham at the BJCC. And with that, we're going to talk to Bucky McMillan here on the Galloway Podcast. want to apologize in advance for any audio level um, issues that, that arise. There are a couple volume and audio level changes, so apologize for that. But a great conversation with Bucky McMillan. So let's kick it over to Bucky McMillan on the Galloway Podcast. Joining the Galloway Podcast now is head coach of the Mountain Brook Spartans, Bucky McMillan. Bucky is seeking his fourth straight state championship in the state of Alabama, the state's highest classification coach. You've got five state championships under your belt. This will be your seventh Final Four in eight years. You picked up a win on Tuesday against Spain Park at Wallace State. Coach, how are you? And congratulations on reaching the Final Four once again. Doing great, buddy. Glad you had me on the podcast. Hope we can go get two more next week at down the Civic Center. Coach, you've made just a home at the BJCC in the past, you know, recent years, but really over the past decade, your team has has lived there in the months of, you know, late February, early March, and you've taken Mountain Brook basketball to just unprecedented heights. Talk to me about just the success you've had at Mountain Brook with various guys, and then especially this year's team, uh, y'all had a gutsy win on Tuesday against Spain Park. Talk about that a little bit as well. Yeah, you know, it's been a, a magical season. You know, sometimes people forget that, you know, Trenton Watson was such a great player for us. It was like, you know, like I said, he's like a brother to me. I love him to death. But sometimes people forget before the Trenton era in 2013, we won it. 2014, we won it. 2015, we went to the state finals. And then obviously we, we won it with Trenton here in 17, 18, and 19. And, you know, everyone was, man, what are y'all going to be able to do now we don't have Trenton? And I think some people have a short-term memory that we were we playing three state finals the, uh, the years before Trenton was playing for us at Mount Brook. So I knew that we would be a very good team. We had a, a bunch of Warriors, guys that were unselfish. Um, now, if you would have told me at this point, playing the national schedule we played with such a high schedule rating and playing uh, the number one team and beating them out of uh, North Carolina, the number three team out of North Carolina, three of the top ten teams in Florida, with our point guard, Paulie Stramaglia, who is the heart and soul of our team, with him getting injured not being able to play this year, I don't know if I could have told you I saw that coming, but I knew these guys would reach their potential, whatever it was, and hopefully we can just keep carrying on and play good basketball at the Civic Center next week and cap off this season with a magical run. Coach, you've got a record of 31-2 and two right now, and to my knowledge, from being in the program for a couple of years um, before I graduated in 2017, the losses were, were four, five, six, three. And I think this is the best record you've posted in your tenure at Mountain Brook. Talk about what makes this year's team special, as you mentioned, you know, the schedule and beating these national opponents. But how are your guys able to be so so successful, especially without Watford on the team this year? 
you know, it's interesting. We put a bunch of guys on the floor that I got, that can all dribble, pass, and shoot. Um, I think the one thing that's unique about this group is they're very adaptable. Like today, we when we played Spain Park this, today, which is you know, and we beat them in a close game. We had to go and play a defense we really haven't run all year long, and we kind of talked about it at halftime. And I don't think there's many teams that have, you know, the basketball IQ just to do that in a regional game. And these guys are such smart players that they're able to adjust and adapt to whatever's necessary. So sometimes, you know, a coach can get credit for, you know, hey, you did a good job coaching that team. But this group right here allows you to coach them because they're they're such a high basketball IQ team. And I tell you, it's been one of the most enjoyable years coaching basketball that I've ever had, actually, uh, was looking back and saw something I posted about these current seniors when they were seventh graders. And I, and I had said, you know, I can't wait. I love watching our seventh graders play basketball. Uh, I can't wait. They keep working hard with their love and dedication to the game, something like that. I uh, can't wait to watch them play at the Civic Center in 2020. You know, that's funny. I posted that five years ago. Yeah, and here we are. Yeah, here we are. They wanted today to get down to the Civic Center. So it was just a, just a great group. And, you know, these guys in particular – when I started coaching them out, they were 12 years ago. They were first graders. And so I remember working with those guys in their first and second graders. So to me, this is kind of like my first senior class that I've had all the way through, you know? Right. So it's, it, 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 this, this group has a special place in my heart. Yeah, one of those guys is Pauly Stramagli, and you talked about him earlier with the injury, but you coached his older brother, Mario, who's older and he's married and he's got he's got a child and I think one on the way now. Um and so, like, like Paulie, like Trendon to you is family. And so I remember that moment, my senior year, Paulie's freshman year, when we won your third state championship, and that was my first with the program. Um, and that was just so special because I remember you told a story about how, you know, you told Paulie, I'm going to coach you all the way up, and now y'all are head of the BJCC. It's his senior year. He can't physically play for y'all, but he's won multiple state championships and – um, I think is is on pace, or if he's not, he is the winningest player in program history. Um, that's just got to be special to get to the Final Four. Coach, tell me about this specific Final Four and the task you have ahead of you looking to win the next two games. Well, it's interesting because it's going to be an awesome Final Four. Like, it really is. It's going to be one of the best I can remember. Sometimes you get to the regionals, and the regional games can be actually more difficult than the Final Four. Like, I remember when we used to go through the Northeast region, and, and we'd have to beat a gas and then have to turn around and beat a Huffman. And it's like, good grief. Like, these Final Four teams at the Northeast Regional, you got through it where there was no one, you know, at that caliber left at the Final Four. Well, this year is going to be phenomenal. You got Leah Montgomery, who was the top 25 team in the country. They've lost one game all year long, a, uh, a one point loss, I believe, to Penson. You got Oak Mountain, who, if you saw their starting five, they looked like a college team. I mean, they were really good. They got a 6'10 guy that everybody's recruiting. Um, and then uh, Fair Hope and Barry Montgomery are playing tomorrow to see who the next spot will be there along with us. We'll play the winner of that game. And I've seen both those teams play. And I've seen more Fair Hope than MGM. And uh, I know MGM got a good team. I just hadn't seen enough of them yet. I'm going to the game tomorrow. But Fairhope's got some guard play that uh, would, would blow your mind. So, you know, if all those teams that get there, it's going to be a treat for the fans to see all these good teams down at Civic Center battling it out. Yeah, I'm excited. I'll, I'm definitely making plans to 
head down there. That'll be next Thursday at the BJCC, and uh, I'm excited to call some games on PA on Monday, radio on Tuesday, so it'll be a week full of back and forth from Tuscaloosa to Birmingham. Coach, headed to the Final Four once again, your fourth straight. I mean, that's just unprecedented. When you look at your teams in years past and coaches throughout the history of high school, no one has won as much and as soon as you have in your career. What do you have to say about, I would say, your recent success, but it's been kind of a standard over the last decade that you've kind of set. And at your young age, um, you've just accomplished things that so many other coaches in the history of high school haven't in terms of winning so many state championships and so many games and being ranked nationally. And so when you look at other coaches in the history of Alabama and the players that have come through and the players that you've gotten to coach, where do you – you know, put yourself um, maybe in the record books, but what what do you think is your legacy right now um, at Mountain Brook and also in the state history? Well, yeah, I think that's for you know others to decide. You know, but I, I, I will say this: I don't think anyone's ever done what our group has, and it's not me. I'm just talking about our program has done. You know, we, we've done this at the highest class, and you know whether it was six A or seven A, whatever the highest class was. But not only that, what gets lost sometimes with people, we did it nationally as well, and we did it a lot for our state nationally. You know, last year when we finished fifth in the country, you know, uh, playing schools like IMG and giving the national champions their only loss. You know, five five stars on their team. Um, they, they were a great team with a great coach, and, and our guys went down there and represented the state very well in that game. And it's something that our program and our players should be saluted for, honestly. Um, you know, unfortunately, you're going to have people that will look at it that way, and you're going to have people that, you know, we're going to justify, or people that are successful, an organization that are successful, however they want to justify it for their own uh, reasons. But when we step back at this run and we look back at the success our players and our programs had, I don't think anyone in the highest classification, well, I know no one in the highest classification has had a run like this ever. Um, and I'm just really proud that it was in a place where I grew up because, you know, people never thought Malvern basketball could be above the middle of the pack team, much less one of the top teams in the country and finish, you know, uh, for the past five years, whatever, ranked in the top 25 in the country. So I'm elated for our community. I'm elated for our school. I'm elated for our players. But I really am. It's a badge of honor for our state. And, you know, runs don't last forever. We know that. You know, you're not every year necessarily going to, to be in the state championship game. But I'm the most proud because I think our teams, for the most part, have reached their potential every year. And hopefully we'll continue to do so. Absolutely. Coach, I'm down here in Tuscaloosa, and I see a lot of Alabama basketball. I know in the time when you're not watching film and not coaching your guys, you get the chance to watch Alabama as well. You coached against guys like Alex Reese and John Petty who are now uh, you know, some of the leaders for the Crimson Tide. Obviously, you've seen so much of Herbert Jones, who had and has such a great friendship with former player and friend of mine, Trendon Watford. Uh, but what do you see in this Alabama team right now, a team that is 14-11, uh, 6-6, six six, so, so right there at 500 in conference play. What do you see in Alabama and uh, what Nate Oates is doing with this program? Because I know that since he's moved here, you two have gotten to know each other um, and have been in, in forms of communication uh, but what do you see in this Alabama program? You know, I see all the scoring and um, just the way those players are playing. You know, I think the world of Herb Jones has been in our gym every summer, um, and particularly 
in the last game versus LSU to see the heart he played with, literally playing with one hand. Uh, uh, such a high character person. Um, you know, same with a lot of those guys. You know, Alex Reese would compete against him in high school, and Petty. You know, and in Kyra. You know, so and then there's others. I'm obviously been out. And I'm dang sure. You know, I think the world of the assassin Britton Johnson, who who is still the best shooter right now in Mount Brook history. So you know, I think the world of that. But I, not only do do I think the world of them, but I do think a good deal of their coaching staff uh, with with Coach Oates and and Coach Pett and uh, Coach Henry, you know, got to know those guys, just humble guys, and have, have you know, we ask those guys that like to watch you practice. They, they always take care of you and always, you know, include you um, to be a part of the program. So, and I've heard great things from the players about the direction of the program. So I think there's a lot to be excited about. I think um, Alabama fans, they got to know that, hey, there's going to be ups and downs. It's just the nature of the game and just – I think it's important that we all just keep supporting the program because I think we're heading in the right direction. Even though there may be some lumps along the way, we're heading in the right direction. Absolutely. I'm, I'm hoping the same. You know, Coach Oates came and spoke uh, to our fraternity house just a week ago, uh, and he, he talked about Britain and he talked about his team this year. Um, but he pointed out Britain in the crowd. He said, can anybody tell me anything about this guy? And I'd pass Coach Oates. I've covered his press conferences, covered games for, you know, the TV station down here. But uh, one thing I haven't told you, Coach, is I said, uh, yeah, you know, he set a state record his senior year, you know, took 104 charges or 106, whatever it was. And Coach Oates looked at me and he said, excuse me, who are you? And I said, uh, I'm, I'm William Galloway. I was a manager at Mountain Brook for two years and, you know, close follower of the program and all that. And uh, was there, you know, explained to him kind of what I did for you in high school and in terms of the media and the, the PA and all that. And he looked at me, he said, so you're a Bucky disciple. And someone said, how about the ringleader? Galloway's the ringleader. <laughs> um, so, so we got to chat after he spoke to our house and our chapter, um, and talk, talk a little hoops. Um, but yeah, it is, it is fun keeping up with Britain. Obviously the, the friendship I have with him, um, you know, just seeing him get to be a part of this program and, and have, uh, an impact is, is really cool. Um, but coach Saturday, this past Saturday, Alabama got the best of LSU and what was one of their biggest wins of the season after, you know, beating Auburn at home, they got another quad win beating LSU at home. What did you see in that game? Cause you and the staff were down here, your staff, and you saw, um, Watford and he, he played, I, I want to say a little out of his head, but he still had 18 points and had an impact on the game. What did you see in Trendon on Saturday, and what have you seen in him his freshman year in Baton Rouge? I mean, I, I personally thought he played really good in the game. You know, I, I told someone I thought he was a, probably a, a three away from playing great. You know, um, to be a freshman, to be that size, to be able to handle it, get to the basket the way that he does, you know, and he's never really forcing. I, I thought he played really, really well. Um, so I, I think he's having a great year. I think that he needs to just continue to improve the way he has and continue to have consistency because he's played more consistently recently in the SEC. Some times early in the year he played great. And the next game, not as good. And, and now, you know, I watched the Alabama game, I think at 18 points, and I really felt that was the least he could have had. You know, it was a silent 18. And so when you're doing that, that's special. You know, sometimes people – forget how good somebody is because he makes it look so easy. Like, for example, if you have a six-foot guard that goes in there and has 18 points and every one of them was because 
Well, he had to dribble through four people and go up under, spin it around, and spin in the basket. Everyone thinks, oh, my goodness, that was incredible. But yet, the 6'9 guy who can just take two dribbles, get there, and kind of shoot a little layup, well, they don't think that was very special. But at the end of the day, well, it's the same result. So I think the fact that he is so big and makes it look so easy, sometimes people, you know, may not realize how valuable he really is. So I'm really proud of Trendon. Uh, I'm, I'm really proud of the way he's playing. And um, I know he's going to continue to go to play well. And, you know, someday we'll see him playing professional basketball. And that will be one of the happiest days of my life. Yeah, I mean, a guy that we've talked about or just minutes ago about – you know, how you've known him growing up and Christian and, and seeing him succeed. You know, it's really cool to go. Uh, I've been to a couple away games, and I have went down to Baton Rouge and uh, just seeing guys like Leor Berman, and we talked about Britton, and now we're talking about Trendon, um, and guys that, you know, I would hang out with in the gym and in the locker room after school just three or four years ago, and now they're wearing LSU jerseys and Alabama jerseys and Auburn jerseys, and they're representing Mountain Brook at the next level. It's just something – really special to see as, as a friend and former uh, you know team member um, but also for you as a coach has got to be got to be awesome to see coach I want to ask you too um, just just briefly here about kind of the reception that Trendon got obviously he is a Birmingham native and he chose to go play for Will Wade and LSU and when you're a college athlete you expect to get booed when you come back in your home state he got booed and um, that was that was your standard reaction. But we know he's mentally tough, and he handled it. He ended up fouling out, you know, playing a little bit within himself. Um, but he didn't receive anything that he couldn't handle, I feel like, this past Saturday. What was your kind of takeaway from the, the homecoming that Trenton received in Coleman Coliseum, uh, and how do you think he reacted to it? Oh, well, no, no booing or taunting or anything like that. Is ever going to affect Trinity. He's dealt with that since ninth grade. Our student section uh, <laughs> can get it on as much as anybody and some of these other over-the-mountain schools uh, can as well. So I, I thought Trinity obviously handled that and actually probably motivates him to focus even more. So uh, I thought the Alabama students are just doing their job, actually said something on social media. There's no love lost. My point, I said, uh, you know, most of guys would still want to be his agent, something to that effect. Point being, you know, they're doing their jobs, Alabama fans, but they're doing that because they recognize his talent and wishing, wishing that he was wearing red and white. That's the reality of it. Uh, some people took what I said the wrong way. It wasn't meant in that any negative way towards Alabama fans. Like I said, they're doing their job. And so was Trendon scoring 18 points. Yeah, Trendon, uh, he, he played he played well, but like I said, I feel like he kind of played within himself. You know, he was trying to prove a little something, and, and Will Wade even said that in the press conference. So I'm not, you know, pulling stuff out of thin air here. He did play well, and he's having a good season. Things keep trending the right direction, and, and he could see himself as a, as a draft pick. But, um, you know, I thought it was just silly that a guy who, uh, me personally, I know you, and there's people who haven't per- don't personally know you, but decided to, to – lash back on Twitter um, taking your words out of context which I thought was a little ridiculous and a little over the top but um, you know Alabama fans they, they, they took that and they kind of ran with it and it was it was it was tough to see because I kind of found myself in a crossfire but I feel like a lot of people were taking stuff that you didn't say and were ran with it and ran with it in the wrong direction yeah I, I, I see what you're saying well you know the thing is you know, I said that, and then 
you know, respond to something you said about being ruthless comments, maybe towards me and Trendon or Trendon and me. I can't remember how it was said, but, you know, the Alabama fans I know have a lot of class. Uh, booing people, that, that's not classless. That's just part of the sport. But, you know, when you start getting messages about wishing injury on the kid and, you know, threat threats uh, for supporting him, now that's just over the top, you know, and that's not the Alabama fans that I know. And, you know, that type of animosity uh, towards somebody, and I don't care what anyone says, he is one of ours. He's an Alabama kid. This kid loved, loved the University of Alabama. Uh, now, that doesn't mean I expect anyone to take it easy on anyone playing for LSU. But I don't expect our fans with the class that we have, and I know it's a, it's a minority of them, to be wishing injury, um, using some of the verbiage with some of the uh, – comments I've received or emails, etc. So, uh, but for the most part, you know, that's the small percentage of the Alabama fan base. And, and I thought Trenton handles it very well. I thought he handles it very well. And, you know, he made the best decision for his future. That's what he was there to do. Uh, I think that you get people sometimes have to remember, you know, two weeks before Trenton's announcement, Alabama still didn't, I don't even know that a coach. So it was a, it was a very difficult time for him. But he's doing great, and Alabama's doing great. And I think everybody should be happy. And I, I'm an Alabama fan, have been since I was born. I love to see Alabama playing well, and I love to see my guy Trenton playing well. Absolutely. One thing I want—I just want to go back to, and I'll make a comment, and then ask you a, a, a unrelated question. Um, is, is like you mentioned, when Trendon was about to make his decision, Avery Johnson was fired. It took, I think it was an eight-day turnaround to get Nate Oates, but Trendon didn't know Nate, Nate Oates, and Oates didn't recruit Trendon when uh, Oates was at Buffalo. And so, in reality, yes, Trendon had an offer from Alabama, but he didn't have an offer from Nate Oates. And that, that kind of delay that he had, because he wasn't exactly sure where he wanted to go, when it all came down to it, everything that was going on at Memphis and, and Indiana's lack of success and Alabama's coaching turnover, I dare say that LSU was the best place for him to go. And so the, the timing was unfortunate, and sure, Alabama fans wanted him because he's an Alabama guy, but the reality of it is he would have been walking into a brand-new program, and the only familiarity would have been with guys like Kyra Lewis, uh, Petty, Reese, Herb, um, and he would have been going to play with his friends, but the system and the turnover really made things shake up. Coach, on a different note, uh, for people that responded to you that don't really know much about your program and about what you do, kind of explain to people uh, your philosophy in coaching Mountain Brook basketball. And, you know, a lot of people want to compare it to maybe West Virginia and Bob Huggins or something like that. But for people that, that reached out and, and your name kind of came into their circle over this past weekend on Twitter or something, Explain um, just kind of what you do at Mountain Brook and kind of the way that you coach your team and why y'all have had so much success. Yeah, uh, I think the biggest thing with, with our guys is is that, you know, we have a true program. And what I mean is we start these guys in second grade all the way up running kind of our system. And, you know, we coach an AU program. Our coaches coach starting with second graders. And we spend a lot of time there. They have about 120 kids in it. Our academy, which is second through sixth graders, has about 150 kids in it. And so we run our same system kind of all the way down. Um, now, obviously, we, we adapt year to year of the varsity. But overall, my general philosophy is to play attacking basketball. You know, that's just the, the way I think the game's supposed to be played. We like to be the aggressor. I think we're a very good, creative defensive team. You know, it changes defenses a lot. And I think 
that's one of the things that that you would know most people would notice if they watch this play is man they're, they're very different defensively and how much they change their type of pressure etc um and i think that's been kind of the staple of our team in our organization is you know we're a pressure defensive team that plays attacking basketball and the, the one thing that we we our cornerstone of our program is going to be a hard-working, unselfish, fearless basketball team, and we're going to all love and support each other, and that's the thing with me. All my players are like kids to me, and I'm going to support them first, and we're all going to have each other's backs, and I think that's why it's like a family in our program, and we always have each other's back. You know, you are part of our program, and, you know, you're family to me, and we're family to each other. And I think that's what makes it unique and makes it worth coaching, is when you have that family-type environment where it's like, one, one wins, we all win. One loses, we all lose. Yeah, absolutely. I think that, that camaraderie, and I see it now as a grad, uh, you see guys stick around with the program, and they keep up with it, and they follow it. You know, I'm talking to Matt Creighton and Jack Carvalho, guys that have graduated Alabama, and they have desk jobs, or they're in grad school, and they're still texting me like, hey, have you, are you seeing what Bucky's doing this year at Mountain Brook? I mean, it's a, it's a phenomenal year. Hey, you know, what's, what's next on the schedule? What do you think about this year's team? People are still keeping up with it, which just speaks volumes um, about the program kind of set forth here. But, Coach, one last question I want to ask you for uh, a lot of fans' general curiosity. Obviously, you have two games remaining on the schedule. Well, you got to get – uh, you got to get past the semifinal round first, but there are two opportunities to win two more games this season. What uh, what's on your radar personally as a as a coaching professional? Because um, a lot of people want to know, you know, will you ever make that jump to the college level? And I know the forefront of your mind right now is is you know going one and zero two more times to finish out this season. But um, in the back of your mind, have you given any thought to hopefully trying to jump to the next level at any point? Well, like with coaching, it's like I tell our players. I just, like I tell our players, your goal shouldn't be to win, lose, or be thinking about the next offer. Your goal should be to try to get better every day. And so as a coach, my goal every day is to try to be a better coach than I was the day before. You know, and whatever comes your way from that comes your way. You know, I know this, that I love, I love coaching here. Like, you know, I would never leave here for another high school job that I can envision. I've just had the people who have hired me are, are great people. And the people that I've got to work with are great people, and I love the kids here. It's been great. It's my home. Um, and what we've built has been phenomenal. Um, so if there was anything that made me leave this place as special, it would be because I've really believed in another, in, in, you know, in, in whatever that opportunity was to a great degree because this has been the time of my life doing what we've done here and having the family that we've had here in our program here at Mount Brook. Absolutely. I understand coach. Well, best of luck uh, next week, Thursday tip off at one thirty at the BJCC and I will, I will be there. I'll see you there. And uh, thank you for joining the podcast today. All right, brother. Thanks for having me. We'll talk soon. See you later, buddy. That's Bucky McMillan on the Galloway Podcast. I want to thank Bucky one more time for coming on, and I want to apologize if you had any difficulties with the audio levels of the podcast. We'll try and get that fixed for the next episode. But as I said, you want to check them out at the HSAA State Tournament Championships 
Mountain Brook will be playing at 1.30, and they put on a brand of basketball that uh, is is almost must-see. I mean, the, the, thing, the success that they've been able to have in recent years and the way they play is just so much fun to watch. So check them out and check out all the different games going on next week at the Legacy Arena at the BJCC in Birmingham, Alabama. And with that, we want to kick it to our last segment around Alabama athletics here on the Galloway Podcast. We talked about Alabama basketball with Bucky, and so we'll hit on a couple more things here. 14 and 11, 6 and 6 Crimson Tide. Uh, you know, Auburn was at 6 and 6 this point last season. Nate Oates said that Monday on the Paul Feinbaum show, and then Auburn hit their stride, and you know that they made it all the way to the Final Four before, of course, you know, well, they lost to Virginia, and we don't need to get into that. But we can if we want to, but we're not going to. Alabama right now is the fourth best team in the SEC according to the net rankings. At 14 and 11, 6 and 6. So, Yes, Alabama's got six games left. They would love to go six and zero. They would love to go five and one, and they would much less prefer four and two. But a four and two, five and one, six and zero record are very attainable for Alabama if they stay healthy. And as I mentioned, Auburn was six and six last year, and they hit their stride and made the Final Four. So we're not jumping to conclusions here in the middle of February, pointing out any team and saying, oh, this team's going to make the tournament, this team's not going to make the tournament, because as you saw with Auburn last year, any, anything can happen, and Alabama can get hot and win the SEC tournament. Uh, they could go 6-0 and and finish the regular season 20-11, 12-6. So, you know, there's a lot going on here, and there's a lot of basketball left to be played, so let's not jump to conclusions. But I'll say this about Alabama basketball. If you want to b- defeat Alabama, you need to press them. Alabama's Achilles heel has been the press all season. It let Samford back into the game in Birmingham. And this past weekend against LSU, Alabama was up double digits. The Tigers turned on the press, and it hurt Alabama tremendously. Alabama's got terrific guard play, but if you want to succeed against Alabama, every now and then throw in a press because they haven't consistently been able to get into their offense. They take a lot of forced shots off the press, and that is how I think you should play Alabama if you're an opposing team. Now, Elsewhere, with the Crimson Tide on the hardwood, Jaden Shackelford was SEC Freshman of the Week last week after his stellar performance at Auburn and versus LSU. Also, Kyra Lewis had a triple-double at Auburn. 10 rebounds, 10 points, and 13 assists. Very unselfish. Uh, Kyra Lewis was the SEC Player of the Week. Shackelford and Lewis achieving those awards makes it the first time the Crimson Tide have ever swept the SEC awards in men's basketball. So Alabama making a little bit of history last week in mid-February for men's basketball. We go to the diamond now. Alabama softball is four and five after competing in the St. Pete Clearwater Elite Invitational this past weekend. They went three and two in Clearwater. They're four and five overall. They're back in action this weekend. They open uh, at Rhodes for the first time this season. They'll play in the Easton Bama Bash. Wichita State, Penn State, and Louisville are all coming to Tuscaloosa for some high-level softball. Alabama hoping to get a lot of wins at the Easton Bama Bash. Head out to Rhodes Stadium this weekend and check them out. On the other diamond, Alabama baseball had their season-opening trio of games this past weekend versus Northwestern. They swept Northwestern, and the story of the weekend was freshman from Canada. Owen Diodati had just home run after home run after hit after hit. He nearly hit for the cycle on Sunday afternoon. 
Alabama baseball had their Tuesday game canceled versus Troy, and they will play Alabama State Wednesday at 2 o'clock. Check out Brad Bohannon and his squad sometime this season in Tuscaloosa. They were fun to watch, and it was a great atmosphere Sunday afternoon when I went to their game. Also, this weekend, um, they are headed to Vegas. Vegas, baby. They're taking on UNLV in a weekend series. Back to the hardwood, Alabama women's basketball is 14-11, and 4-8 and in conference play. They lost to Georgia at Georgia on Sunday, 75-76. to This week, the Alabama women are home versus Florida on Thursday at 7 o'clock. And then this weekend, they're back on the road, headed, hot, headed down Highway 82 to face number 9 Mississippi State. Tip-off is 1 p.m. on Sunday. Also, inside Coleman Coliseum, the Alabama gymnastics program is 3-2 and two overall. They have a conference record of 3-1. and one. Last Friday, they defeated Arkansas 196.625 to 196.100. This Friday, the gymnastics squad is at Florida. So for a full update on Alabama athletics, if that's not good enough for you, I'm sorry. But also, check out RollTide.com to see the full athletic schedule results and events variety of spring sports going on right now and you can check it out on rolltide.com i want to close with one more thing had a twitter question from colin kerr he said who's your favorite random athlete of all time let's say glenn coffee is the cutoff for how well they're known uh i'm gonna go with carl ingstrom former alabama men's basketball big man the swedish baller colin that is my favorite random athlete uh in recent memory carl ingstrom total Swedish baller. Loved watching him play for the Crimson Tide. And that was a while ago. If you're an Alabama basketball fan and you don't know the name Carl Engstrom, you haven't been an Alabama basketball fan for long enough. And I'm going to leave it at that. Folks, follow the podcast. You can listen on Spotify, SoundCloud, or Apple Podcasts. I've got merchandise for sale. White hats, gray hats. We might do some t-shirts soon. Uh, Koozies. Check it all out. Get all the merchandise. Follow me on Twitter at WM underscore Galloway. Episode 36 of the Galloway Podcast is wrapping up. Today we talked about the NBA All-Star Game, the NFL Draft Combine. Charlie Strong is back in Tuscaloosa, or excuse me, is in Tuscaloosa now as of Tuesday. Talked about a little NASCAR update. Talked a little high school hoops with Bucky McMillan. Talked a little tide hoops with Bucky McMillan. And then, of course, we went around the world of Alabama athletics. This is the Galloway Podcast. Thank you for listening. There's the right way. There's the wrong way. And there's the Galloway. <laughs>